Hi there, welcome back to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Today it's time once again for another Patreon-submitted episode, and we are so excited to be spotlighting on the Mother series. This is a suggestion that comes to us from our patron, John. So thank you so much, John, for supporting us, and we're very happy to be able to to do your suggested topic. This is a long overdue episode. The Mother series has so far three video games, the original for the NES, the very, very sought after Earthbound, kind yes. of an infamous game for the Super Nintendo, and then Mother 3 for the GBA. And really when it comes down to it, we've played a shockingly low amount of music from the series on the podcast, which is kind of nice because now uh, for this spotlight, most of the music we're playing today is going to be brand new for the podcast. Well, and I think we've always been meaning to get around to doing an episode on the Mother series. I'm, I'm sure we've mentioned it before. There's definitely no excuse. We've been saving it up. <laughs> but hey, it's fun this many years into doing a podcast on video game music to have such a monolith topic like this. So yeah. I'm just excited to dig into it. Carl, what are our listeners hearing right now? What did we just play in with? We played in with the track from Earthbound. So we are going to go chronologically. But before that, we thought this was a beautiful way to start the episode. This is Because I Love You from Earthbound, and this particular piece of music we know was composed by Keiichi Suzuki. Now, because this game has so many diehard fans, we do have a decent amount of information on who composed which track. Um, but yeah, we are going to start things off today uh, with Mother, but I believe this is one of the main themes of Earthbound, so we're going to be we're going to revisit this melody later on today. All right, should we get into it, Will? Let's do it, man. Okay, so we're going to start things off with Mother, which came out in 1989 for the NES. And what was cool about the music is that it was a collaboration between Hirokazu Hiptanaka, which makes sense because he was one of the, probably the biggest composers in Nintendo at that time, uh, as well as Keiichi Suzuki, who was an outside composer. He was a Japanese musician uh, who was active in a lot of different bands, a lot, a couple different rock bands, including the Moon Riders. Uh, just a producer, singer-songwriter, musicians, they brought him in to work with Hirokazu Tanaka. Uh, and Suzuki went on to actually compose for films and, and things like that too. Um, but it's funny, this is actually what, what he's in some ways most known for around the world. You know, outside of Japan, people don't know those bands he was in, but they know the music to the series. So, um, so that's pretty cool. Let's start things off with the introduction. Uh, and I don't think we have specific crediting for this game to my knowledge. Um, but anyway... This game was composed by Hirokazu Tanaka and Kaichi Suzuki. Let's take a listen to the introduction to Mother.
You guys are listening to Introduction from Mother for the NES. This came out in 1989. I should say Famicom. Uh, I believe this was only released in Japan. Composed by, I believe Hirokazu Hiptanaka composed this track, but this soundtrack was also composed by Kaichi Suzuki as well. So beautiful. You know, I'm excited to get into this, and I, I want you guys to, in case there's some of you out there that aren't familiar with the music of the series, we're going to get weird today. We're going to go to a lot of really weird, goofy places, but one thing that I really enjoy is kind of a juxtaposition of that weird energy that we get. We get some really sweet, pure, simple, uh, beautiful kind of ballad-like themes like this. I, I just think this is gorgeous. Well, these games, they're almost like a cult film uh, in that they've become much more popular since their release. Yeah. And some of the quirkier aspects about them are what's really been celebrated by the fan community. It's really kind mm-hmm. of a special thing, especially considering that um, in the case of Earthbound, Nintendo had quite a quite a strong marketing effort and the games really failed to sell very well. But since then, you know, they've always been highly acclaimed by gamers. Uh, and so it, it's this interesting thing for me, I think, and some other people as well, probably, I was introduced to this series through the the Super Smash Brothers games. They yeah, started me including too. Earthbound characters, and I believe it was Melee, yeah. and some stages. And I had never even heard. I didn't know what Earthbound was. I didn't know what Mother was. Um, and that was kind of my introduction uh, to this whole series. And hopefully that series... And hopefully the Smash games have actually brought in some, you know, younger, newer gamers, uh, have made them aware of this uh, incredible franchise. Yeah, I I feel like it was either the first Smash Brothers or potentially Melee uh, where we started to see Ness as a character. And even for us that, you know, maybe didn't grow up with playing those games, uh, yeah, playing the Smash Brothers games, it definitely feels like this series gets a lot of love. There's some really cool remixes of music from this series. But yeah, that's just a beautiful way to start off. It's so simple. I think that... It feels quintessential to game music with that chromatic descending progression, almost like the moon from DuckTales. One thing that I like about it is the way that the end of the phrase uh, kind of transitions back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's the, it's one of those things where it seems like it's going on for longer than it is. Like I think the loop is technically only about maybe 25 seconds or 30 seconds because you think it's just repeating an idea and then you realize, oh, no, I've heard everything there is to hear. Uh, and it's just a nice way to mask that. And this is something that I could definitely listen to for two, three, even four minutes. And there's no way I'm going to be getting sick of this. So, really beautiful stuff. Let's move on to a track that's a little bit more experimental, and in my opinion, kind of sounds more like the classic mother sound here. This is Underground. Let's take a listen. Thank you. 
You guys are listening to Underground from Mother, and we were actually just having a little conversation trying to wonder who composed this. Will thinks this sounds very hip Tanaka, and I would agree. It reminds us of Metroid. Um, I think, now don't quote me on this, we're not experts on this series, but for the first Mother game, I think that Hip Tanaka was more of the lead composer, and Suzuki composed uh, probably more of the pop rock songs. There's a couple songs in this soundtrack that are feel like they're actual like pop songs. So I would assume that Suzuki would have handled those, and something like this would have been Tanaka, but I guess that's anyone anyone's guess. Well, and I like to think that they really, truly were collaborators and had to agree on a unified music aesthetic because I think that is what ends up happening throughout the series but also like a lot of games eclecticism is celebrated and we know that do you want to talk a little bit about this this kind of creepy track and how those arpeggios work with the low melody well it's very circular that little ostinato repeated line it's almost like climbing the stairs um it just keeps wanting to lead back into itself very dissonant and chromatic it has that mm-hmm. spooky sound to it it almost reminds me more of super metroid uh, really rather than anything but because it has that vibe to it uh it, i just to me it strikes me as a hirokazu tanaka track it almost feels like the kind of palette that you'd get in um ridley's stage in uh yeah uh metroid all right let's move on to another piece of music from mother and this is another creepy one this one this really scares me honestly uh i believe there is a track we played from this game on one of our spooky music episodes, like on Halloween, maybe the first year of our podcast. Uh, There's a lot of really creepy music in this game. Let's check out A Ghastly Sight from Mother. Well, I'm curious, uh, by the way, we're listening to A Ghastly Sight from Mother. How would you describe this in music history terms, as far as like where we've progressed from the classical era to the romantic to the 20th century? What does this sound like to you if we had to relate this to, to outside video game music? Hmm, that's an interesting question. Uh, well, I think first and foremost, I have to say it does sound like video game music. It really <laughs> reminds me. I, I Again, this is another one I'm so confident that it's Tanaka, particularly that passage at the end with those very interesting fifth harmonies. Sounds like Metroid. It starts to sound like what we would call quartal harmony, harmony that's based around fourths as opposed to thirds. Mm -hmm. So you have these chord constructions that are kind of rich. Actually, it's something that happens in Japanese music a lot. I attribute it in video games to like a Nintendo sound or I guess really like a Koji Kondo sound. Sure. Um, Not all the time, but there's certain pieces in the Zelda series and Mario 
Mario series that really evoke that. I was getting a little bit of that uh, sense. That quartal harmony is something that is a 20th century musical technique that's uh, associated yeah. primarily with the composer uh, Paul Hindemith. But I also feel like this piece is trying to evoke um like horror movie cliches almost with sure. like this very vibrato-y almost violin instrument so i think it's also trying to evoke like the late romantic period because some of that music was actually used um early film scores like if you saw the movie dracula back in the 30s the universal dracula with bella lugosi it actually didn't have original music they used existing pieces of classical music i know they use like swan lake and some others and it's funny how the those tracks fit so well in the movie right one thing that that i do hear is i i do hear some 20th century experimental music influences in this I think that's something that is going to continue throughout the series. There's a lot of 20th century influence on them from a lot of different sources. We'll we'll talk more about that when we get to Earthbound, but they were just kind of music nerds and they just listened to so many different genres that definitely played a big role in uh, when they were composing for these games. I also do think that um, the Nintendo composers were fantastic and they had a real intuitive musical instinct, I think. And Hip Tanaka, you know, we know was kind of experimental. Um, but I, th- I think sometimes he almost may have stumbled across things that were similar to 20th century concert composers almost on his own uh, to try to capture a very specific emotion. Sometimes he would do things to sound creepy or weird or experimental. Um, and, and we see that really throughout the entire of his career. All right, guys, let's move on to one of those pop tracks that I was talking about. I have a feeling this is most likely Suzuki here. It's called Pollyanna, I Believe in You from this Mother. This great. Super catchy stuff. Here we go. are listening to Pollyanna I Believe in You from Mother for the Famicom and ironically enough the last time we played this track was on episode 139 our Hirokazu Hiptanaka episode even though today I for some reason feel like this was most likely Suzuki but again we don't, we don't know if there's someone out there that has more information on the breakdown for Mother let us know uh, there's more information on Earthbound uh, but yeah I, I, I'm not I'm not an expert on this, but it just seems like I could see this being Suzuki. Either way, I think these pop tracks really are a breath of fresh air when when listening to Mother, because if it was nothing but that kind of ghastly sound, uh, I don't know if this soundtrack would have gone down um, in history as beloved as it is. I think it's it's having the juxtaposition of that and that you know like something like the the introduction or this track Pollyanna or even there's there's a really cool uh, pop track that we don't have time to play today 
that's called All I Needed Was You, which is really interesting and kind of rocking. And I think that that kind of juxtaposition of those two different energies is one of the reasons why this is such a unique soundtrack. Well, I think video game music that's trying, especially in this period, that's trying to be experimental is really fighting an uphill battle because quite frankly, a lot of game music was very poor and uh, a, a lot of the quality of game music, there were a lot of things that could be considered experimental that, you know, things we've played before that you really might just say are... Uh, frankly lazy or amateurish or hard to understand and so I think a composer that's trying to do something clever and intentional you are fighting an uphill battle because people are used to hearing just kind of I don't know 8-bit garbage (laughs) and especially with these instrument samples you kind of need to win people over so I think a track like this is really important in setting up context because the average uh, gamer that may know nothing about music can hear something like this and hear that it's catchy and hear that it's good and so when something like this is contrasted with something a bit more dissonant and spooky mm-hmm. you get the sense that it's done with craft and intention and that it's a part of the emotional experience i think it actually helps that music to be more effective in the game too because you're hearing it um emotionally for what it's supposed to be you're not hearing it like it's random or jagged or or somehow you know not pleasing we're about to listen to the last track we're going to play today from mother And I'm really glad about this choice. This is Yucca Desert, and it doesn't sound like the desert music you expect to hear in video games. It's not cliche. It's not that kind of typical Arabian sound. It's actually more of a Western kind of Americana sound, very bluesy, almost bordering on like Dave Wise sounds here. Uh, It's a fun track. Let's take a listen to Yucca Desert. This is is a nice little dance tune here. You got that four on the floor kick drum sample, keeping the groove. It's kind of this combination of like mariachi vibes mixed with bluesy American music. It's it's Uh a really catchy, interesting piece of music. Again, it just, what's so great about this series, I think the best thing I can say about the Mother series is that it is so unique. It doesn't sound like any other video game music. They really were playing by their own rules. And I was so, I think all of us were just really glad that they, both of these composers returned for Earthbound in order to continue this unique style of kind of breaking the rules and not doing the same approach that everyone else around them was doing. Sure. And I don't know, that's what I'm excited to get to. I think today Earthbound is probably the biggest focus. I like that this track isn't trying to sound like a desert in the same way that uh, none of the music we've listened to is really trying to characterize a geographic or topographical locale. It's more about giving you the emotion of the environment. And since I haven't played this game, I can only assume 
that uh, this desert is meant to give you kind of an uplifting, happy-go-lucky feel yeah, to it. Yeah, and well, that's a great point. Because this is an RPG, the location you can't score the locations. You have to score what's happening in the story, the emotional tone. So I think what's ever happening in Yuka Desert has got to be either someone maybe taunting you, like, oh, I don't know, you can't get past here, or just some sort of friendly uh, relationship. So I'm sure you guys are laughing at us trying to imagine what the story would be. <laughs> what's going on in Yucca Desert. But again, uh, anything that we say about this soundtrack, I think has um, a bit more objectivity, maybe, than some of the scores that we grew up with, because we're really yeah. just experiencing the music on its own and judging it on its own merits, rather That's than true. any kind of attachment to the game. Yeah, there's no nostalgia here today uh if we like something we we like it because of the music all right let's move on to like i said probably the biggest focus today we're gonna play um we're gonna talk about at least in this chunk seven tracks from earthbound let's move on to that it came out in 1994 for the super nintendo and once again keiichi suzuki and hiro Hiptanaka returned which i think was so awesome in addition they had a couple other people assisting them hiroshi kanazu um is technically credited but from what i've heard uh and these are there are people that are more experts on this he only composed maybe two or three tracks so for the most part this is a suzuki and a tanaka soundtrack one more time all right let's play the opening credits which definitely lets you know the different direction that earthbound went in a lot jazzier a lot funkier a lot weirder (laughs) this is the opening credits from earthbound We heard actually a, a hearkening to the theme we heard at the be- beginning of today's episode, the Because I Love You theme. Hear it here in the opening credits uh, amidst this kind of funk fusion band. This is really funky stuff, really silly. Uh, yeah, they definitely went for a more jazzy direction. I know that. But still experimental within oh, yeah. that realm, you know, almost like bebop level weird meter changey mm-hmm. kind of things. Yeah, I know that Suzuki had said in an interview that the Super Nintendo allowed all of them a lot more freedom and when he was making his compositions uh, just on synthesizers like away from the hardware he didn't do any implementation on this he's just a composer Uh, when he was making his versions they actually were able to get pretty close to to his versions which was not the case on the Nintendo sure Uh, he had to really alter the way he was composing for those three channels so that's kind of cool to hear let's play one more track Uh, obviously Will I want to get your thoughts on this but I wanted to share a really something that I thought was funny as far as a source of inspiration to them when they were composing this but before I do that I wanted to play one more track and then maybe I'll ask you guys what you think Will what are your thoughts on the opening credits 
Well, I think they're very bold and it's meant to set the tone of the game. And like we said, these games are kind of culty by their very nature. Uh, they're, they're very quirky and strange and have an array of colorful um, characters and interesting scenarios or so I've been told. <laughs> uh, but the music is equally um, colorful and uh, charismatic. And the thing that I was really struck by is how much they were really trying to take advantage of the power of the Super Nintendo. I mean, not only with all the different crazy, quirky instrument choices, but the types of panning effects that they were doing. And, uh, you know, again, the weird meter changey, uh, rhythmically displaced elements to it as well. I, I think even though it's in a bit more of a, a jazz style, it it feels like it's the same minds that uh, brought you the mother soundtrack really because of that just eclecticism and the willingness to experiment and go beyond what I think we would expect from game music. Absolutely. Let's play in the next track from Earthbound on today's playlist. Uh, I really enjoyed this. I think this is a lot of fun. It's one of the first things you hear in the game. It's called Your Name, Please, from Earthbound. You guys are listening to Your Name, Please, from Earthbound. So weird and wonderful. This definitely uh, is a perfect example of the quirky energy we get uh, in this series. I mean, this doesn't sound like any other video game music. It's catchy and it's and it's funky, but it's weird and it takes its time in a way that... Uh, there, there's just this level of confidence that these composers have where... They're just honestly just trying to amuse themselves and trying to make something that they think is cool. And I, I think that's one of the reasons why it's been hauled up over the years is because there's just this confidence you hear. Now, I did want to uh, mention this. So there were some outside genres that they mentioned, uh, you know, things that they listened to a lot when they were working on the soundtrack that, according to them, they said it was influential. I kind of found that funny because I'm not hearing that at all, but... The biggest source of inspiration for them was apparently the Beach Boys. 
Oh gosh! Oh my! <laughs> right? Uh, particularly Brian Wilson's uh, uh, unreleased album "Smile," and a lot of other influences. Everything from Randy Newman to John Lennon uh, stuff. Frank Zappa. I mean, I guess I can hear Frank Zappa more than the others. A hodgepodge of different influences. I think that's always funny when you hear that. And then you listen to this and you're like, what? I don't hear that at all. But, I mean, who's to say? I think that's cool, though. Uh, you, 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 That happens all over the place in music, whether it's classical composers or pop songwriters, where, you know, the music that influenced them either growing up or on a particular project, it's not necessarily reflective of what the end result is. I mean, it almost makes sense that they would be listening to that kind of music um, because it that because all of that stuff is something that doesn't sound anything like conventional game music. And I think how quirky and bizarre these games really are in terms of their music, um, you can tell that these composers have uh, really a wide exposure to all different kinds of music. And as we yeah. mentioned, there are a lot of more poppy, catchy song type pieces in these games. Um, and I think maybe it's also possible for m- things like that. That's more where uh, the John Lennon or uh, Brian Wilson kind of songwriting influence comes to place. And also with Brian Wilson with Smile, you do think about like innovative uh, production elements. And yes. Interesting uses like of yeah, recording and harmony and everything. That's definitely true. I do hear that. And then one thing that I find interesting is there are some kind of nods to classical and folk music we get in the soundtrack too, because it's so dang huge. I, I did also read that they were influenced by uh, the composer Miklos Rosa, as well as other old oh, school film composers Classic as film well. Composer. Now, when you look at the score for the Super Nintendo, it's one of the most massive scores that I've ever seen on that system. So it's it's staggering how much music they composed, and I think it makes sense why they were kind of going all over the place. Having eclecticism is probably a way that they didn't get sick of the project. So sure. uh, let's move on to a very short, sweet track. This is Enjoy Your Stay from Earthbound, composed by Hirokazu Hiptanaka. <laughs> Well, that was short. You guys are listening to Enjoy Your Stay from Earthbound. This is one of the tracks that we have confirmation. Uh, this was composed solely by Hirokazu Hiptanaka. Uh, and what's cool Not is... Not Brian Wilson, uh, in <laughs> case you were confused. I know, it sounds just like him. This is an example of some of the Latin influence that you hear. You hear some salsa, you hear some bossa nova uh, in the soundtrack, uh, and you hear similar, I guess, to Latin, kind of an offshoot. Uh, you hear some reggae, some dub elements now that makes sense because we know here kazuhi tanaka was a, a huge reggae fan so i think mm-hmm. that um was something that he definitely wanted to include in earthbound and we're going to hear that in the next track well what do you think about this melody i think it's fantastic uh it's really cool getting something so tuneful 
um, this late in the timeline of Tanaka's compositional output, because I really think of um, that almost being like a bygone era for him, really, mm-hmm. in the early days of the NES, in more of like the balloon fight uh, era. Um, when games were a bit more arcadey and simple and Nintendo had this kind of vaudeville uh, this really kind of cutesy vaudeville um, sound to yeah. their scoring. And what's funny is a, a track like this almost feels tongue-in-cheek just in how pastiche it is and how much it's trying to have that very specific Latin influence. Um, but it is a really great tune, and the chords here are really wonderful. He almost completely escapes into that style, and you I don't even agree. necessarily hear his own quirks or his own voice, which I think is especially effective when you're trying to use music either for a joke or for some sort of diegetic purpose. I I don't know. I, again, I haven't played this game, but I kind of suspect that this is meant to sound like um, not elevator music, but music that would exist within the fabric of this world. Yeah, most likely at some sort of hotel. Uh, I, I really think that this is maybe one of the best things that Hirokazu Tanaka ever did. His compositions for this game are amazing. Some of them are really weird, really experimental, but some of them are just gorgeous. Um, we're going to get to one a little bit later that I just think is so, so beautiful. So just all over the place on this soundtrack. But yeah, uh, this next one has some weirdness. Uh, It has some reggae vibes. This is like a dub track. It's called Hospital from Earthbound, composed by Keiichi Suzuki and Hirokazu Tanaka. Let's take a listen. You guys are listening to Hospital. I believe this is also evoking that main melody we heard uh, at the beginning of the episode, which is a Suzuki composition, but I, th- I have a feeling this is a Hip Tanaka arrangement here. Really interesting. Uh, I think one of the most authentic um, examples of reggae in 16-bit video game music. We hear we hear it a lot, kind of like for a joke, where it's like, "Oh, you're on the beach, so we'll do like reggae thing." And it's like, sure, it's never usually that authentic. Um, but this is, man, this is on the nose. Yeah, it's great when you hear um, either scales or rhythmic devices that are often just used as a cliche to have some non-musical association with it. That they're actually taken seriously and used as the fabric of something else. It's almost like uh, what we so loved about Jun Shikuma's work in the Bomberman series, where she's almost using some of those Arabian influences, but not in a way that's trying to, but not in a way that's trying to be cliche or pan 
pander to some kind of desert sound or anything. It's just used as a genuine part of her expression. I get the sense with this reggae groove here where it's not trying to sound like exotic or ethnic or anything. It's just, you know, a genuine tool in these composers' belt. Carl, you're going to think I'm crazy, but... I'm starting to kind of understand what they mean by the Beach Boys, particularly with that theme. Sure. Yeah, ba, 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 yeah. Ba. That I agree. progression, there's something so sunshiny about it and like feel good. It almost reminds me of a Brian Wilson melody. But you're what I think crazy. is interesting, I don't know, I don't think you're crazy. Uh, I'm starting to come around to it too, but most of the times we get presentations of these sunshiny melodies, a lot of, we have some weird things going on at the same time. And maybe that's what, really what earthbound is and what people like about it is the weirdness you know and like i said guys we're getting weird today and we're kind of we're trying to embrace that i think one of the reasons why hospital is authentic is because it comes from people that just happen to love reggae and want to do it justice not just do it for oh this will be fun if we did reggae here like hip tanaka that's one of his favorite genres of music so even down to the drum part if you isolated the drum part here um the hi-hat rhythms are on the nose for what actual reggae drummers would play. There's this really kind of wild rhythm that you hear a lot on the hi-hat, and it would be something like this. That that way of kind of breaking up the beat, and you're almost like doing this triplet, uh, this like three, rhythms, three over yeah. two, and you hear that a lot in reggae music. And I think, you know, doing that on the Super Nintendo, it's one of the ways that you can get some legitimacy here. Carl, I, I, I think you need to start a beatboxing podcast. <laughs> ah, that's a good idea. Uh, let's move on to another weird track. <laughs> this is the weirdest one of the day, I would say. Very experimental. This is Happy Happy is Blue. Here we go. Yeah, catchy little ditty, right? Uh, this is happy, <laughs> happy, happy is blue. I wouldn't even agree with the title. I don't know. I don't know what this is. You know what's interesting, guys? So Earthbound is like a 160 track score or something crazy. It's like definitely like m probably more than two discs worth of music, which is crazy on the Super Nintendo. And most of it is like this. So the tracks like... Uh, you know, Your Name Please or Enjoy Your Stay. The tracks like that are very few and far between. Most of what we get is this really weird ambiance like this. But the moments of more melodic uh, purity are very powerful because it feels like we're, we're definitely yearning for them. But when you're listening to the whole thing, it, it's easy to kind of 
at least in my opinion, this is coming from an outsider, a lot of this stuff gets old pretty quick, and, and that's just that's just me. Will, what do you think about this? I think there's definitely a charm and an association that I have with hearing stuff like this on the Super Nintendo. I think some of these instruments uh, sound very kind of classic to me, and there's like a quirk and a charm to that. That And it's impressive, too. They were able to get this sense of vibe on the SNES. Well, and that they were even going for it. I mean, I think these composers have really shown that they have what it takes to write, you know, really well-crafted melodies, and Hirokazu Tanaka has written some of the most beloved game scores in history. Um and uh, Keiichi Suzuki has written some incredible tunes as well. Uh, I I really commend them for trying to go for something a bit more atmospheric and subtle uh, and also bold. You know, it, it's not just like boring music. There's a lot of music that we describe as atmospheric that uh, is is so sparse that there's almost very little music in it. You can't say that about this track. There's a lot happening. It's just all very, I guess, experimental is the best word to say it. It's very non-traditional. There's a lot of kind of these warbling, modulating pitches that are uh, having this portamento effect on them. There's that, which almost, uh, again, that kind of reminds me of like Super Metroid or something. Um, but there's a lot of these experimental effects, yet there's still this element of it somehow feeling like tongue-in-cheek or adding to some component of humor. Um, a track like this would feel out of place in like a really tense, serious action game. You know what I'm For saying? Sure. Like, yeah. So I can really see it getting underappreciated because it's doing experimental things, but almost for the purpose of comedy rather than drama and tension. Yeah. Oh, gosh. It's, it's so impressive. And I actually... If it, if it was me, I prefer listening to just kind of the cream of the crop of the series. I think you really get to, to see the moments of, in my opinion, like brilliance. But yeah, when you have to listen to like 160 tracks and there's a lot of those like that, it's kind of easy to lose your mind. Like I, part of me thought I was like going insane listening to so much earthbound music. Just writing week. on the wall and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Well, I couldn't be more excited to move on to this week's track of the week. I adore this piece of music. It was composed by Hirokazu Tanaka, and I think it's so beautiful. I think it's the perfect combination of catchy, maybe I wouldn't say catchy, but beautiful melodies, well-constructed melodies, and vibe and ambience coming together. Now, this is a melody he originally composed for Mother, and now he's kind of fully realizing his vision here on the Super Nintendo this version is what most people think of when, when they think of Snowman. They think of this Earthbound version. I think it's an absolute classic. As far as the 16-bit era goes, it, it's up there. It's Snowman from Earthbound, composed by Hirohip Tanaka. Thank you. 
God, that just stops me in my tracks. Shuts my mouth right up. <laughs> this is Snowman from Earthbound, composed by Hiro Hiptanaka. And, you know, whether or not you're a fan of the music of this series, I would be shocked if you didn't uh, agree that this is an amazing track. Yeah, it just has really everything. I mean, I think this is the most successful experiment in this in the series because you have weirdness here. You have those quirky you have some some ambiance, but the melody is so engaging and just the sense of atmosphere. Like when I close my eyes, I'm just transported to this other place in a way that I'm not in a track like Happy Happy is Blue. I think I don't know. When you have a powerful melody mixed with ambiance, it's mm-hmm. you can't beat it. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to win me over. I I adore this track. It, it, that cool kind of your it's really um, authentically capturing the sound of a certain type of analog synth with this almost uh, delay effect on it. And like Portamento um, too. Yeah, really wonderful. I mean, that kind of is a go-to sound in a lot of synths, digital and analog. Uh, it's almost like the sound that I associate with like Super Mario Galaxy. Um, they have a, that very similar sine wavy thing with the portamento and uh, delay. Uh, but it's such a great melody and, uh, to me, very heightened by these Super Nintendo instruments. Part of that is my nostalgic attachment, I think, to these sounds, whether it's games like Yoshi's Island, Pilot Wings, SimCity. Uh, but that Nintendo palette of sounds with that gorgeous like pan flute, and the electric piano, and then that just classic uh, hammy electric bass. Yeah. Um, I just love it. It almost makes me want to just live inside a Super Nintendo. It just like, this world sounds so much more appealing than the one we live in. <laughs> I don't know if that's depressing. No, it, it's not. It's I, I totally agree, man. It's, it's so beautiful. We're going to move on to the last track uh, that we'll talk about from Earthbound, and this is uh, yet another kind of arrangement of that I I don't know if it was it would be called the love theme or the main theme it's the the Suzuki theme that we heard at the beginning of the episode again uh, this is another Suzuki composition and I get some more Soyo Oka vibes here I got definitely some Soyo Oka vibes in Snowman this is the Metropolis of Foreside this is one of my favorites let's take a listen
this is really cool. Uh, my favorite variation on this main theme of Earthbound, I'm just going to call it that. It's the Metropolis of Foreside. I really love the lounge chord progression that he establishes because you already, uh, you're familiar with this melody. You know how beautiful and simple it is, but it's giving it a different context, the way that those chords are sustaining over the melody. It changes your, your, your context, you know, what those notes are and I just think it's really interesting. He has some really weird things happening later on, just some some you know some dissonance mm-hmm. to to give some I guess a little bit of sense of maybe conflict, but it's cool. Well, the groove here I think is really interesting. The groove also. is great. You almost feel it in eight. It feels like two groups of three and one group of two. One two three. One two three. One two one two three. Part of it is just kind of those syncopated hits. You could also hear it in like a fast four four. Um, but it, anyways, the groove, it also, the groove also has that kind of Latin flavor that we've heard a little bit before, but I, I think it's just a reflection of how durable that melody is. It's, it's so fantastic that you almost want to hear it in as many different presentations as possible. It'd be hard to say that this game has a definitive statement of it. Um, maybe you could say that was Because I Love You, uh, the track we played in with, but it's just so fantastic, and I love that it gets to be a reoccurring motif throughout um, the game. It, it's a little bit more rare for earlier video games to to do that. Um, we definitely got it more with RPGs. Um, the Final Fantasy series was great about that, about having um, about having melodies return and show up in different presentations. Right. Uh, but I, I, I so love it in old games because I think the the impression for video game music is that, uh, you know, it's level-based and you have this level, you know, you, the water level and the desert level. And we, we kind of have these cliched associations with what game music is like. But I think it's important for us to remember just how sophisticated uh, not only the music was, but its function in narrative storytelling telling uh leitmotif exists just as much in video games as it does in movies sometimes more especially with modern day movies uh but yeah just just amazing soundtrack sad that we have to leave earthbound but excited to move to mother three and i believe this really um, like mother three i love mother three and i think this was john's if i'm not mistaken his personal favorite in the series so we definitely have to spend some time talking about Mother 3. What was interesting is we have a series newcomer, Shogo Sakai, who is more known for the Kirby series, which makes sense because I believe Hal was partly responsible for developing this on the GBA. So that makes sense, and definitely you hear a lot of love and reverence um, to the original two entries, and this, to me, just fits like, like fits like a glove in the series. Let's play mom's hometown from mother three and i made a fun little mix here so what we're going to hear is first we're going to hear uh the just the the plain love theme which is the main theme of mother three just on solo roads just for a little bit so that you guys can remember what that theme is and then it goes into this mom's hometown remix which is so fun here we go
You guys are listening to Mom's Hometown, a little custom mix I made, starting with the theme of love and then moving into this. This is composed by Shogo Sakai, and doesn't this just fit like a glove? Part of it is it already feels familiar. It's like, wait, isn't this a theme we've heard? But it's actually not. It's just kind of similar. It it's starts amazing. the same three notes, which are very striking and those kind of consistent, very pure uh, rhythmic values. Yeah, da, da, da. Um, the original one goes, yeah, da, 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 da. Um, uh, but this is a gorgeous melody. I particularly loved the first uh, Rhodes presentation that we heard. It just was unassailable and perfect. It, it reminded me of the end credits of Yoshi's Island. Just really a melody that, um, if I dare say, perfect. Um, it's really beautiful. <laughs> Again, like Earthbound, uh, the freedom of having this incredible theme to just develop it throughout the score. Uh, it, it's the thing that happens in film and it happens in television. You know, when you have a great tune, whether it's the theme song, like if you think about The Simpsons, how much mileage Alf Clausen has gotten out of that incredible Danny Elfman theme. Sure. Uh, what's great about a massive RPG game is there's so many opportunities for music. And if you have a great melody, that's really the most important part part of the score because you can break down all of this other music and it owes so much to that simple sequence of notes something that a lot of people i think dismiss too easily that you know the melody isn't as important uh as maybe some other things about arrangement and instrumentation and they look down their nose at tracks that are simple and have a very basic tune because i think a lot of people don't understand the craftsmanship that goes into making something like this but you know, we'll notice throughout these scores how much these motives uh, turn back up. And yeah, this is just incredibly effective. This would have been another good contender for track of the week, or I guess tracks of the week. You know what's interesting about Mother 3 is it actually started its life in 1994 for the Super Famicom, <laughs> eventually shifted you know, after a bunch of delays to the 64, then more delays shifted to the 64 DD, and then that failed, and so they went back to the 64, then canceled it. It just, it just had this really long life. And I think one of the reasons why... That had to be really frustrating for the yeah, people working on it. But at the same time, I think one of the reasons why this soundtrack feels so at home in the series is because the GBA is kind of like just like a more compressed version of the Super Nintendo. So I feel like if we listen to this on the N64, I could just... And maybe in the same way that some of the Zelda music were like, instrument-wise, it doesn't hold up almost as much. Like, Link to the Past will always feel classic. Right. And in some ways, I, I still feel that way about the GBA. It's just it's so charming and crappy yeah. that you just, you just love it. There is something to the limitations, and it's not just what it invites to the composer's imagination. For sure. I mean, we've talked about the phenomenon of the uncanny valley before. We talked about it, especially in our Human Touch episode, and that there's an era in video game music where the sound fidelity was getting a little bit better but not quite good enough to where it sounded like the real thing and that's the stuff that doesn't date as well. I still feel like for the most part the Nintendo 64 sounds are on the other side of the hump. Yeah. You know where they still sound kind of crappy enough to be charming but definitely not as much as the Super Nintendo or the NES. It gets closer to that The Game Boy has the advantage of having so much of that like pulse synthesis uh PSG kind of sound um, and I think that's a huge part of its charm and then it has these samples that are even more compressed than the Super Nintendo 
For sure. Let's move on to a really weird uh, track. It's kind of relaxing and pretty, but the, some of the note choices and chord choices are very odd, and I think in a good way. This is To Sunshine Forest, composed by Shogo Sakai. You guys are listening to Two Sunshine Forest from Mother 3, composed by Shogo Sakai. And the last part of this track feels like a pop song, which makes sense for the series. Uh, but the first part of it, I don't even know where to start. It's so weird. On paper, it's like, why are you doing that note there, that chord there? It doesn't really work. But I like it. I don't know why. Oh, yeah. It- the melody is definitely hitting those uh, striking, uh, they almost sound like avoid tones um, in like jazz harmony or something that's very quirky and kind of out there. But it also adds to this like campy quality. We talked about um, in both the original Mother and in Earthbound evo- evoking almost these, you almost want to say like horror cliches. Um, in some of the music and that level of dissonance is definitely at play in this track you know there was something about this piece that was really distracting me and I don't know why but that lead instrument for whatever reason I don't know if it's the melody itself or if it really is that particular instrument it reminds me of something from one of the Sonic Advance games I can't put my finger on it and it's not something that I've played for a long time or really thought about Uh, but I hear that melody instrument and it just I want to say one nerdy thing about this. I think that synth lead, that wow, 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 is one of the best sounding GBA leads I've ever heard. Like, I don't hear those limitations when I hear that lead. I think, I don't know, Shogo Sakai did a wonderful job of implementation because some of these tracks feel like they're really pushing the boundaries of the, the GBA. So really cool stuff. It's a great successor to Earthbound, I think. It really is. Let's move on to a battle track. This is Fight with Mecha Drago from Mother 3.
You guys listening to Fight with Mecha Drago from Mother 3. Carl, what were you saying uh, when we were playing this? Uh, not because I'm trying to lead you, but I, I just really wasn't listening at all. <laughs> I really <laughs> think that Shogo Sakai is the most successful at using the GBA hardware as far as mm-hmm. getting the most out of it. This sounds better than anything on the system. Not only does yeah. it carry the torch of the Super Nintendo, but it even goes further to more modern sounding video game music. And yes, there's a lot of compression. It's, there's a lot of noise. The noise floor is so high. But once you kind of get used to that, I think he was able to get a lot out of this system and some really clever tools and tricks that he used because there's limited sample channels here but he man he got a lot out of this another thing that i just have to say about this series as a whole it really is a classic nintendo franchise and the music really sits up there alongside zelda and mario and Star Fox, kirby you know metroid it it, it feels like pokemon even you know it, it can sit alongside those not just in terms of quality uh but in terms of style you know there is there there's something there's a signature nintendo compositional sound that even though it's kind of different in these games it's still present you know there's certain things about this piece that remind me of link to the past uh there's certain things we played that have reminded me of pokemon titles and we've already Mm -hmm. talked about metroid uh it really feels like it's part of that Nintendo sound. One thing I also think is so impressive is Shogo Sakai you can tell he took a lot of pride into making this stand up in the series. He's known for the Kirby series and this could not be more different from the work he's probably more typically assigned to. So I have a lot of respect for what he was able to achieve all by himself. This really feels like I don't know what my favorite entry in the series is. I mean it might be Mother 3. I think some of the music in this is amazingly good. (laughs) Amazingly good. Amazingly okay. No. (laughs) This is a track that we've played before. It's really pretty. It's called Monkey's Delivery Service. Let's take a listen. You guys are listening to Monkey's Delivery Service, a very beautiful accordion piece from Mother 3 composed by Shogo Sakai. Man, this is freaking good. It's amazingly great. It is amazingly good, amazingly great, uh, amazingly a lot of things. It's amazingly amazeballs. Definitely hear a lot of uh, Latin American influence here. Uh, 
just beautiful music. I'm reminded of the composer Aster Piazzolla, who wrote a lot of tangos and like accordion music. I think he's brilliant though and has an incredible melodic gift. And I think actually very someone who is very influential to sort of the Nintendo sound. There's a couple moments in this melody where you get that like cross relation sound where in the chords uh, you have a major third, but the melody implies that minor third. It's something that sometimes we associate with the blues scale or jazz music in general. Um, but there's a very specific way that it's used in a lot of Latin music and Latin musical harmony mm-hmm. uh, that I just think is so lovely. And I, I always <laughs> almost applaud great. composers when they go for that kind of gesture because I think it's very easy to um, do the more diatonic approach. All right, guys, let's move on to, I guess this seems like maybe like another battle track. Very climactic here. This is Unfounded Revenge from Mother 3. <laughs> You guys are listening to Unfounded Revenge from Mother 3 for the Game Boy Advance. This blows me away. That trumpet, that solo trumpet sounded so good. It sounded so much better than anything I've heard on the Game Boy Advance. Like, I feel like Shogo Sakai, he figured some trick out. He definitely figured something out. Some freak thing that no one else was able to on the system. Because most people just hated... I mean, he. it's possible he did too. It's possible he hated working on this system, but... I don't know. You don't hear the limitations in the score. You just hear... He rose to the challenge. Wonderful music. It's just so well done. You know, the more I listen to this, I think Mother 3 is my favorite in this yeah. series. I know that's saying a lot. I don't know. I mean, I, I really think it's so fantastic. And I, it was honestly, I think the original suggestion of this episode topic was to focus exclusively Mother 3, yeah. on Mother 3. And we asked if we could do the whole series because uh, we haven't gotten around to it. And we just thought it would almost be inappropriate to start off with Mother 3. Um, oh, yeah. Because I think it's probably the least known game in this series and the least maybe least known uh soundtrack really the only real reason is because i'm trying to avoid those those hate mails you know what i'm saying man sure most of the decisions we make is just to get the least amount of hate mail so (laughs) yeah because if we if we did an episode on just mother three we would pick our favorite tracks and we'd get so many emails you didn't play this you didn't play that the thing about this is we're also sorry you know i i get that these soundtracks are very large and very celebrated and i think it goes without saying that we we can't 
um, even come close to playing everything on this podcast. We're trying to set up a diverse playlist and, and show off some of the strengths of this series at just how yeah. versatile it is and how we can have tracks that are really tuneful and catchy and almost sound like pop songs. And then we have these constructed produced pieces that have a lot of atmosphere and vibe to them. Well, the one thing I'm glad you mentioned that one reason why we, we focused maybe a little more heavily on the melodic stuff, the catchy stuff is because I think that's stuff that gets a little bit underappreciated and it's definitely it's not the norm like i said you know most of what you're going to hear in the series is some weird vibey stuff but everybody knows that and that's very well documented i don't hear a lot of people uh talking about the the timeless melodies that the series have and that was one reason why we wanted to share that today and I think so that's the reason why it and that's the reason why it sits on the shelf with the other nintendo classics for sure. All right, we're going to move on to a really <laughs> sure. fun a really fun throwback. This sounds like a an NES track. It's probably just using the legacy channels on, on of the Game Boy here, but it's so cool that this is like a intentionally retro 8-bit style track. Uh it's just really fun. It's Porky's Porky's from Mother 3. Enjoy. <laughs> You guys are listening to Porky's Porky's, composed by Shogo Sakai from Mother 3. One of my favorites in uh, this score. It's it's very, very contrasting to most of what you hear. Not only is it an 8-bit presentation, but musically it's it's kind of it's quite different. I don't know. It's always impressive when you hear a composer do something retro, but in some ways it lives up to a lot of that older stuff. Like, yeah, right? this is a 2005, 2006 composition, but it sounds like 1986, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's always striking to me on the Game Boy when they can recreate the sense of the NES. Those two pulse channels are perfect and spot on, and you even get that triangle bass. Uh, it's a little bit surprising because sometimes we forget that uh, the Game Boy is that the GBA is capable of that since most soundtracks really try to highlight the sampled elements. Uh, but right. yeah, this is just a great track. Again, expertly composed. So much of this music has this Spanish or Latin flavor to it. And I really love it because it's something that um, I think was part of the DNA of the series up until that point, but it always played a minor role, um, only significant. Shogo Sakai took it instances. way further. Yeah, yeah, it really becomes the overarching identity of the score. I think maybe one of the reasons why I might, you know, prefer it to the others is because it does seems to be, while it is quirky and eclectic, there seems to be a little bit more of a through line 
which I enjoy. And we're going to keep the South American vibes going for one more Latin Brazilian influence piece of music. This is New Pork Bossa. Let's take a listen to this. The last track of the day from Mother 3, Shogo Sakai here. Guys, thank you so much for joining us today as we explored the music to the Mother series, starting with the original, then Earthbound, finally finishing up with Mother 3. Wow, I definitely have a newfound respect and and just affinity to the music of this series. Um, I had a wonderful time diving deep and listening to everything. I definitely have never done that before, so thanks, John, (laughs) for making me do that, and thanks to all of you for listening. This is a wonderful series. Uh, there's definitely some diamonds in the rough, and hopefully we were able to present most of those today. So if there's someone out there who wasn't familiar with this series, I guess we're excited that we were able to maybe show this to, to people that, that hadn't heard it before. But some great stuff here. Yeah, one of the great RPG franchises. Again, it's like a, a cult series that's really When's garnered Mother 4? a lot of appreciation. I don't know. It, it, wouldn't it be fun if they did kind of like an SNES throwback style game? You get so many, you know, 8-bit um, retro remake kind of experiences. Uh, but I think it would be fun to, to hey, Will, I have a question really for create you. it in the Super NES style and even musically. If they couldn't get Hip Tanaka to return, what modern-day composer would you like to hear make a new Super Nintendo Mother 4 soundtrack? Ooh, I think that's really hard. Uh, I think the guys who did the new Fire Emblem games, like Hiroki Morishita, oh, have man. in Rai Kondo, they've demonstrated an incredible amount of versatility. I would also say somebody like a Tomoyo Tamida, um, sure. I think, could also be really great in continuing in this vein of um, a bit more like catchy and having right. some of those Latin elements. I think that's something he could do really well. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it would also be really cool to get like at least Hirokazu Tanaka out of retirement um, and be involved in some way. All right, guys. Well, we're going to play out with maybe one of the most beloved tracks in the series. So we haven't forgotten this. It's the credits theme from Earthbound. It's Smiles and Tears, composed by Hirokazu Tanaka. Thanks again, John, for your support. And if anyone's interested in supporting us, one of the reward tiers we have on Patreon is you get to suggest an episode topic that we record. We have some other cool stuff as well. You can follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube. We're also on iTunes, so you can subscribe to us there or leave us a review if you're interested. We recently released the soundtrack to Asker, uh, so we've been getting a lot of love and support uh, from that. So thank you so much for everyone for supporting us. And and uh, people have been asking about the game and whether there's a demo and anything they can find. Unfortunately, at this point right now, 
there's not really anything we can show you, which is so hard because the game is going to be so awesome. Uh, no. Everything that we've seen and played has really gotten our hopes up. Uh, but it, it, it's, again, another example of a game being developed entirely by one person. And Benny right. is kind of a perfectionist, but he, just the stuff he's doing is fantastic. It, it is hard that we're not in control of that. But at the same time, we are fortunate enough to, to be allowed to release the soundtrack Um you know, at this time because we're finished with it and we just wanted to get it out to share with you guys. So we're glad about that. Eventually it will be released and we can't wait for you guys to play it. We'll absolutely keep you all posted on uh, that project as it continues to develop. Next week, we're going to be doing a focus on the wonderful soundtrack to Near. We're going to be doing a spotlight on that. And that is an example of a suggested topic that has come to us from the NeoGAF forums. We have a thread on that forum that a wonderful member of the NeoGAF community has basically controlled. So every single week, that thread is updated. And uh, that username, I, I can't remember the username, but he updates it every week with uh, the new episodes. And there's you know a lot of people people leaving nice comments there. And one of the things that people suggested on that thread was you guys got to do a near episode and Hey, we're going to oblige. So next week we'll, we'll, we'll do that wonderful score, some beautiful vocals by Emmy Evans. All right, guys, the last thing we want to plug, which is a new thing we just started is we now have our own discord server, which has been a lot of fun. Uh, we have a Marcado discord server where you can go on there and chat with us. Will and myself, uh, are active on there and we're just right now we have a decent number of people on there just nerding out about video game music anything podcast game vgm related uh share some links whatever is on your mind it's a great place to hang out and talk we've posted on it on twitter and facebook and we're going to kind of continuously post that link every once in a while for people that missed the the previous one but yeah pay attention to our facebook and twitter you should be able to get that link to our discord server absolutely well this has been so much fun uh thanks again everybody and we'll talk to you next time my name is carl brueggemann and i'm will brueggemann have a great week everyone peace out